Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Thursday, August 5th. I'm J.E. Skeets rolling with the homie there, Tass Mellis. What's up, everybody? What's up, Tass? Got our top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. USAO! USAO! We have the international man of mystery taking it to the max, taking it to his Kleenex box. He's got tears streaming down his face. It's Lee Ellis. Yeah. How you got? And uh, finally, the man making the magic happen is JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team for joining us live right now on YouTube here on a fine Thursday morning. Smash that like button. Leave a comment below the vid. Help us defeat the algorithm. And if you haven't, come on, subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Keep sending in your questions and comments for the next Beach Step in podcast. Email them in, nodunksattheathletic.com. And finally, go grab your sweet... No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. Shirts, hoodies, shorts, mugs, it's all available there. All right. We will uh, talk a little more NBA free agency. Things are slowing down, but there's a big one involving uh, Spencer Dinwiddie heading to the Wizards. A couple other minor deals. We'll get into those later in the show because we are starting with a little Olympic men's basketball recap. Hence why Lily is so sad. And TK is on top of the world because <laughs> USA and France guys are set for an Olympic rematch in the gold medal game on Saturday. Um, Friday night for everybody on East Coast team time. 10.30 p.m. Eastern is when that game uh, will be on Peacock <laughs> or, or wherever you illegally download and stream it. Uh, but let's get into the games from you know early this morning and then this morning. We'll start with Team USA, Australia. That was the one we were all excited for. We had a bet on it, for crying out loud. And Durant and Holiday, they rallied Team USA past Australia, past the Boomers, to Olympic men's gold medal game. Uh, yeah, down early, TK, but uh, no problem when you got Durant. And you got that third quarter. These guys just crush it in that quarter. Ain't gonna lie. They had us in the first half, Skeetsy. <laughs> Woo! Five minutes left in the first half. The Boomers went up 15 and Greg Poppy called a timeout, and I'll admit it, I listened to the cold chisel song during the second <laughs> quarter. I was shook. I was shook. I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh, I got to go deep into the cold chisel archives here. But then Team USA came out of the timeout with renewed purpose and strong faces. And also they started making jump shots, which was the real change, yeah. I thought. They missed their first 10 threes. The Americans did. They hit two at the end of the second quarter there. Cut the lead to three at the end of the first half. And you could tell that the tide had turned. USA, like you're saying, Skates, came out in the second half with what's becoming their signature, a huge third quarter oh. run. They won the third quarter 32-10. to 10. 
They went from down 15 to up 19 in about 10 minutes, and that was the game. The Aussies pulled their starters with about three minutes left in the fourth quarter to save them for the bronze medal game. And to me, it was cue the melon camp, baby! <laughs> Fun game. Big stars in this one. Kevin Durant, again, finished with 23 for a while there in the first half. It seemed like he was the only guy who could score for the United States in the second half. He was wreaking havoc on defense again. This guy is putting together quite the defensive performance for Team USA so far in the Olympics. But he wasn't even the best defender on the Americans yesterday. That second star of the game, no doubt, Drew Holiday was all over Patty Mills. Mm -hmm. He was all over the court. He had a steal. He had a block shot. He had four offensive rebounds. He was really doing it all out there. I think he finished with 11 points, eight rebounds, and eight assists. The third star, I'm splitting it between two guys. Devin Booker and Zach Levine. Booker had 20, Levine had nine, but I'm more impressed that both of these guys are really committed to defense. That's one of the best things about watching a Team USA team put things together is that when the stars really embrace being a role player because they're not going to be the number one guy out there. You think about Andre Iguodala or Carmelo Anthony, both guys who are not necessarily playing their roles that they would be playing in the NBA, but it works perfectly for Team USA. Booker was awesome on the ball. Levine was living in the passing lanes, getting the dunks. And defense really won Team USA this game. They started making some shots, but they were just all over the place, switching and trapping and getting deflections and getting out on the fast break. That's what they're going to need uh, in the gold medal game against France. Yeah, Lee, be honest. Uh, how excited were you when they went up 15 there? And you had Ingles starting the game, splashing threes, and they were rolling. And Team USA couldn't hit a shot, like TK said. Like... Were you feeling good? Were you getting excited? Were you starting to look ahead to the gold medal game? Talk me through what happened. Did you even watch it live last night? Did you watch it this morning? Uh, talk me through it. It was a rewatch this morning. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the FIBA game is only 40 minutes. I think we should actually make it only 20 minutes. I think going forward, mm, that would be the way to do it. Long. Because, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, honestly, when they built that 15-point lead, it was just before Matthias Tebow got that three-point play. I was like, man, the USA, I think through through about 15 minutes he had 23 24 points it was like Australia's defense was everywhere they were moving they were rotating around and it seemed to be like basically they were relying on Kevin Durant to bail them out and he wasn't able to do it at that point and I was feeling great Dante Exum was looking great out yeah. there but you know the ball was just zipping around everywhere and I was like this is a this is the way to beat the USA keep that ball moving and get those open shots Chris Goulding hit a couple of threes but once the U.S. kind of closed that first half with that run to bring it back to three points, uh, or two points, was it? Maybe I can't remember. But it just felt then that it was like they've, they've kind of figured it out, that what they need to do it was to keep going to Durant. And then they got the, the points there from Booker. And uh, Australia just didn't have a counterpunch in that third quarter. That was mm -hmm. the real problem there. When, once that lead got to sort of eight, nine points, we were coming down. And it was like, how are we going to get a basket here? And, uh, we, we, you know, we found we, – I don't think we scored for the first, like, five minutes of that uh, third quarter. And that was just the problem. It was just our offense just evaporated and, uh, and the U.S. confidence was so high. It was really, really tough to see Australia getting back into the game. So disappointing end, certainly. Uh, I mean, great start. Really, they look good. And I thought, at least we're going to cover here. But uh, you don't even want that. You don't want the cover. You, 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 you want to lose and lose, you know, lose the right way. And that's to not cover. That's a cheap way of uh, not losing. So, uh <laughs> 
you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to get here this morning and lose the game and have Trey sing. I'm like, I'm glad we actually got. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, oh yeah. So when are you going to get to singing here? Are we saving this to the end of the any, show? Any time. Opinion any on this? Time, any are you time, sucking time. on some chili dogs? What version are you doing? Have well, we... you have to wait and see. I've uh, spiced it up a little. So uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, JD, Spicy you chili dog. You want him to? You want him to sing his heart out right now and lose a bunch of viewers or save it to the end? Let's save it till the end. So, Lee, did you know the score before you started watching? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, listen, I got a few text messages last night. Mm. So when I woke up, I was like, what? Uh-huh. Uh, and then I saw the score. I'm like, mm. no wonder the text messages dried up a little oh. bit. In that. <laughs> I, got a, I got a few basketball. I got a few basketballs and eyes emojis coming through. And I'm like, don't tell me we've done this. And then uh, I just noticed they sort of say this, the, the time they were coming through must have right. been when we were 15 points up. And then that was it. There was no more after that because the lead was gone just about after that. So, uh, yeah, but it's it's fun watching back because you're like, OK, yeah. You know, even though you know the result, you're like, oh, well, I love yeah, it. Maybe, maybe the result's yeah. wrong. Maybe the result's wrong. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. You never know. But, yeah, uh, it's but, fun, though, to see like how it like comes about. Yeah, it uh, is. When you it know the, the outcome. I, yeah. I don't mind it at all. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, look, uh, this was... Was Australia's best chance, and, and I thought they uh, they they gave it a good shot. But it's just look, the USA's depth really does shine through in games like that. Australia's got good, you know, four players there, three or four players. After that, it's like okay, this guy can fill in for a few minutes. Yeah. He can play a few minutes, but the US can just keep going to that bench and keep going deeper and deeper. And everyone who comes out, you're like, oh man, this guy was an all star too this year, or, or that, whatever it is. That's true, but I would also counter like I'm not sure Team USA is even playing for a medal if Kevin Durant's not on the squad. I don't yeah. know if that is that far fetched, Trey. Like I think there's some truth to it. Like he has, he has kept them in games, and then of course turned it on to you know have these massive leads in in third quarters and second halves. And like a lot of it is him. I think they would be still a great team, of course, if he's removed from the team. But I'm not sure they're they're beating maybe Australia or or again playing for the gold medal on Friday night. I'm not sure. It's definitely not a guarantee because Durant kept him close. When they were down 15, it was only Durant who was able to score any of the baskets. And the main thing with Durant is that he's unquestionably the number one guy when he's on the court. Mm -hmm. And Team USA has finally started to really realize that. It's like when we need a basket, when something is, when we've hit a bit of a lull offensively, it's got to be KD. And I mean, maybe that's not what you want to hear from a Team USA team where it's like, hey, we just got to play some iso ball with the best guy we got. Uh, you would think they'd be able to get some ball movement and stuff, and they did. They got shots in the first half. They got a bunch of open ones that were just bricks. Mm-hmm. And then Australia was also doing a great job getting a ton of deflections. I thought they had incredible hands for the entirety of the game last night, and they were challenging the U.S. three-point shots. They missed their first 10, but eventually it came back around to the point that they were hitting, and everybody kind of falls into line. You know, Kevin Durant's taking the most shots, and then you're hoping to get good contributions from everybody else. Yeah, and then on the other side, you guys already said it, but I think when you said there, Lee, like, we need a basket. Australia's like, gotta stop the bleeding here. And I think usually that would be like, Patty will get us something. Yeah. You know? Especially FIBA Patty. But not with Drew Holiday wrapped all over him, uh, Tass. He was incredible again. Uh, I know you were tweeting about Drew there. And just how awesome he's been in the entire uh, Olympic run here, but especially in this one, just bottling up an NBA player in Patty Mills, making him sort of non-existent. Yeah, but Patty missed open shots to start this Andrew. game. He was kind of cold. Uh, he just didn't have a good game. Uh, he, you know, he scored late, hit a hit a real tough one. Um, but uh, yeah, that wasn't a good Patty Mills game, and they need him to be better, yeah. especially when he's playing with Matthew Delvadova in the backcourt. Uh, and as Lee said about the depth on this USA team. 
you know, the, the depth looks good when they're all playing their roles really well. And that's what they're doing right now. Zach Levine and Devin Booker are just waiting off the ball while Kevin Durant goes to work. And then, you know, if they double Kevin Durant or somehow get it out of his hands like they did, Kevin Durant ready to swing that thing. And Zach Levine and Devin Booker are just off the ball guys who are ready to score. And that was, that's, that's the beauty of this team. Yeah, they have a clear hierarchy. And, uh, you know, you don't usually see that with USA teams where it's, this is the number one guy, but the ball is going through Kevin Durant each and every time. And Devin Booker said after the game, uh, you know, there was a tale of two halves, but also that guy's our leader and we're just playing behind him. And I think uh, Kevin Durant will be the flag bearer when they win the gold medal at the, at the closing ceremonies. They had a basketball player that Sue Bird as one of the opening ceremony flag bearers, along with Eddie Alvarez. They had two uh, opening ceremony flag bearers. I think KD will hold it. I mean, he is just absolutely incredible right now. And uh, yeah, they, 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 they just have a real, real good sort of squad right now uh, from top to bottom. And, uh, you know, Zach Levine's just chilling out there. Uh, he's allowing Kevin Durant to make plays, as uh, as me and Trey were tweeting about. I think that's what they got to do. That's what Zach Levine has to do when it comes to the Bulls. Just let DeMar make some plays. Let Lonzo Ball make some plays. And, you know, chip in and then get scrappy like Devin Booker on the other side. Devin Booker, him and, him and Devin Booker came into the league one year apart. Devin Booker just went to his first playoffs. Zach Levine has never been to the playoffs. If you get scrappy like Devin Booker, start to play D like Devin Booker and, and let, you know, like Devin Booker, let Chris Paul do it. You know, let DeMar score on your team. Let Lonzo Ball score on your team. And then, you know, things will change. So, uh, anyway... Back to the USA. They, they obviously are the better team right now. But in a 40-minute game, every basket really counts. There's less basketball. So it's just, <laughs> it's just uh, you know, 16.66% less basketball with eight, eight less minutes on the clock. So I think, you know, when Joe Ingles comes out and bangs home those first threes, those are important shots. Uh, but it was crazy to see it turn like that in the second quarter. And the USA just really amp up the defense like they do in every freaking third yeah. quarter now. The, the, the boomers were able to catch the ball wherever they wanted in the first half. And in the second half, they just, they weren't. <laughs> they, they were not allowed. Ixnade on the catch A. Yeah, it's a shorter it's a shorter game, but uh, I still saw some my buddy Grishes and old Armenian men saying it was over there when the boomers uh, were up 15. The receipts are out there. They're on Twitter. Yeah. We saw them. I saw a couple on IG as well. This one's over. Uh, TK, get ready to start singing. I guess TK even admitted he was looking up the lyrics, so maybe you were feeling uh, yeah, a, a little concerned about the cover at least. But uh, I mean, no. at Skeets, I was like, oh, am I going to really have to go back and watch our own streams to see which one of these songs Lee said I have oh to sing? God. I wasn't even 100% sure. I think it was the hit K-San, mm-hmm. uh, perhaps. That's um, right. Straight up banger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, okay. I made it all the way through it today. But the other thing that kind of caught me off guard, I didn't realize that the singer of Cold Chisel was Jimmy Barnes oh, from yeah. the Screaming Above the, the Mountains uh, <laughs> meme that went around a couple oh, wow. of years. Yeah. So I was getting a lot of that tweeted to me last night. And I was like, damn. Really yeah. gonna have to chisel here. <laughs> but no, you are not. Bonzi. Instead, we're getting a little uh, Jack and Diane, the mm. spicy version, apparently. Mm. Uh, Lee Ellis remix uh, later in the show. Uh, anything to uh, to add to this, Lily? Um, you know, Team Australia will now take on Slovenia in the bronze medal game, and 
Australians in basketball, men's, have never never got that medal. So still, of course, playing for something. I know it's maybe not the gold that you were hoping for, but you know, a medal would be a medal. Yeah, it would be. It would be nice. But you don't want a bronze. <laughs> yeah, you want. Yeah, you want really? a, but like, listen, You're like I said, this, this, yeah, this is this was our best chance to go for gold, and 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 we. Yeah. I know we're going to finish fourth. We're guaranteed to finish fourth. Oh, we always come do. Come on, come it's on, just, mate. Uh, it's just it's hard to it's hard to not feel um, deflated and and just a bit more like uh, you know we we just we 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 were so kind of close but not that close in the end you know mm-hmm. uh like i was there in athens we led by after three quarters against the usa and i'm pretty sure it was Dwayne wade who came out and punched australia in that fourth quarter uh we've been close before in a, in a in a real game against the united states but we haven't been able to finish off those two non you know uh, or those two exhibition games they're fine but you really wanted to get one on the big stage, and uh, this was a great chance. And I, and, and you know, Trey's saying he was looking up the so- the song there, Kaysan. I thought Greg Popovich had a little bit of concern on his face there too, because he's seen this before from Paddy Mills doing it to him, and I was just yeah. like, this is this is the one. But uh, unfortunately, it wasn't to be. So, um, you know, do you think Ben Simmons would have made a difference putting him uh, on Durant? Who cares? Who cares? I mean, if he if he doesn't want to play, <laughs> honestly, if he doesn't want to play, there, he's yeah. too good for Australia. He's going up against oh, like geez. some guy in a gym. That's what he wants to do. Go <laughs> do it man you know he hasn't Aaron- missed a shot yet against oh, exactly he's exactly so like he's too good for australia so don't bother we don't need him to be perfectly honest we came very close without him so uh if he doesn't want to play don't play there's plenty of australians out there guys like dante exum who's a free agent he put it on the line for this team because he was like it means more to me than to to sort of protect what what might happen i thought he played well he almost got an injury there again maybe he does find his way back into the nba but i just like the fact that he uh he he, he he dressed up and went out there to play for Australia, knowing that, um, you know, an injury could have maybe kept him out of the league. Ben Simmons making up excuses about whatever he wants. So don't play. Don't, no one cares. Dante Exum, um, did he play rugby or, or something as a youngster? He just got that bod that's not a basketball bod. <laughs> that is his dad's bod. It is hilarious. Cecil Exum was known for that. Just having, He's got a dad just having, bod. Like his oh, dad's my God. Cecil Exum just had the caboose when he played. And uh, I think Dante is uh, definitely growing into his dad's sh- shape there. So, uh, yeah. He earned another was, NBA contract. Though. Yeah, he was, yeah I, I think so. I, I, I think so, too. I think so. What that will be and where it'll be, who knows. But, um, you know a guy who was drafted high I think he was number four from the Jazz and, and injuries really uh, you know slowed him down but um, he's shown that he can still play at this level so hopefully he does make it back in and you're right I mean kudos to all these guys for all their countries that go and play that are in a contract year yeah I mean I mean we've seen it with Team Canada right Tess like a lot of the guys say uh, uh, I don't know I shouldn't do it might get injured might blow my next paycheck and all that. And it's not just Canada. There's other guys across the country and the world and stuff like that. But, man, you go out there and give it all. Like, there's a lot of, like you said, uh, Exum is a great example and stuff like that. I know he's trying to also, like, get back into the league, so it's yeah. a little different. But, you know, you can go and play for your country and, you know, still obviously uh, be fine in the NBA and sign your next deal. I, know, I just wish some of the other guys would, uh, especially with Team Canada, will take that, uh, take that approach moving forward. But we'll see. All right, let's get to the other game. Uh, really exciting here this morning, man. I love uh, I love breakfast basketball. I freaking oh, yeah. love it, man. I, it's so much fun just to like while you're eating your magic spoon just to watch a game uh, that <laughs> you know some stakes to it. It's great. Uh, what an ending, Batum block on the final possession puts France uh, into the gold medal game. Like we said against Team USA, they get the semifinal victory over Slovenia and Luka Doncic's 
uh, streak comes to an end. It's his first loss in international play. He's now 17-1. and one. But, Lili, what would you think of this one? Well, Doncic gets a triple-double, the third one in Olympic history. And it's a, it's a fairly big triple-double, 16 points, 18 assists. But overall, I actually think France defended him shooting and scoring the ball pretty well in this game. Batum, a lot of the time there, was just in his face. And Doncic, add him to the super sweaty team gang for sure, too. He was dripping in sweat. Apparently yeah, he was super- so wet. Oh, man. <laughs> but he looked to me, you know, a, a little fatigued from probably doing all he's done there for Slovenia. And also, again, just that French defense made it so hard for him. Uh, and then he passed off in the end. I think it was Propelic who had that last lap. He was in. He was past Batum. And Batum made an incredible block. Oh, to, what a block. To, oh, what he a save. Exploded up yeah. there to pop that off the that, glass. Yeah. Watching that in real time, it was like, he's home. He scored this. And yeah. then Batum got out of there, uh, got there and got his fourth block of the game and uh, and won it there for France. So uh, a fantastic game. France certainly looked in control for most of this second half, uh, had the lead out to 10 points. And you were just wondering how uh, Slovenia were going to get back into it. And it was the homie, Mike Toby, who uh, hit some shots there for uh, <laughs> Slovenia. But, you know, again, Doncic, when he's not scoring and able to shoot as well, for those other guys to step up and knock in those shots was so huge. And it felt like maybe they were going to pull it out, especially when Evan Fournier uh, had that ridiculous offensive foul with about 50 seconds to go. Slovenia had a chance, uh, but they just couldn't quite get over the line. So fantastic game. Well done to France to hang on to win this one. And uh, now we do get... I mean, either way, it was going to be great, USA yeah. versus Luca. But now we get a chance. The first game we saw was USA-France, yeah. and France pulled that out. And now we'll see if they can do it again in the gold medal game. But uh, great game. Really, really fun game. Yeah. From the narrative standpoint, you're right, Lee. It was going to be either Durant versus Luca for, like, who's the best player in the world right now. Yeah. And Luca's record would still be undefeated and all that. And then instead we get uh, the rematch here, which is uh, should be awesome. And this is... You know, France played them the best, of course, because they beat them, and they've got a defense that can, uh, you know, keep them in games like Team USA's defense does a lot of the time. Uh, what do you think of this one, Tass? Um, the final play there from Batum and just this game in general. Yeah, Nicky Batum, uh, what a play! Obviously, I don't think uh, Propelich, who was blocked there, has any regrets. Like, you know, sometimes when a guy gets blocked right at the backboard. You think to yourself, maybe he could have got it up there faster, but he he stretched out like he you know he he jumped from outside the key. His last step was outside the key and reached out. And Batum was just super long to make that block. Just an incredible recovery there by Batum, and uh, then goes up to Luka Doncic to, to you know show him a little love to console him there. Some some Olympic sportsmanship right there. And talking about a guy who. Is playing for a contract. Nick Batum is a free agent when mm-hmm. he went over to Tokyo and, and signed a two-year deal with the Clippers to continue to play defense uh, on Luka into the future, into the Western Conference uh, playoffs like he did uh, just now against uh, the Mavs. So that was awesome. Uh, it, what, what a block. Would Luka, if, if he could do it all again, would he pass it up to Propelich? Because mm-hmm. he kind of had, had Rudy on the perimeter there. Right. Now Batum was shaded over, so it was... You know, a light double team way outside the three-point line, and and Luca made the right play. But uh, yeah, I wonder, I wonder if he was sitting there with his head in his hands, thinking, you know, what, uh, do I want this thing back? Uh, because yeah, Batum did a really good job on him. As Lee mentioned, great defense from France. Uh, they're they're just super solid defensively. So you can assume that Nick Batum will be the guy all up in KD's grill. Yeah, uh, yeah, on, uh, in the gold medal game. Uh, Trey, what, what do you have to add to this game? 
Uh, not a ton. Uh, it was definitely a fun watch. I thought Nando DiColo was incredible for France. He finished with 25 points, and he seemed to be a little bit more consistent as a scorer going to the hoop in the second half there than Fournier was. TLC also had a really solid game. He ended up with 15 points, hit three threes. I thought he was instrumental uh, defensively as well. Basically, everybody on France is playing a little bit of defense and making it tough, and that's kind of what it came down to. The same thing happened to Australia that happened to Slovenia. Their star didn't play a completely star-like game. Mm. And on this kind of stage, that's what you need. The, the USA got a star game from Kevin Durant plus their support guys. Uh, but Luca came up a little short here. Uh, maybe he would have taken the last shot, but if you get a layup at the rim, it's kind of hard to complain. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, he just didn't shoot the ball well for the entirety of the night. Uh, what did Doncic finish? Five of 18. Mm. He's had a lot better games so far in this tournament, and it's just unfortunate for Slovenia that it came in the semifinals uh, rather than playing for the gold medal or earlier in the group stages or something like that. Yeah, and just so everybody knows, the plan for us, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, I think I have this right, is uh, the game, like I said, 10.30 p.m. Eastern on Friday night here. So they're playing on Saturday in Tokyo. But then on Saturday morning, huh, we're going to have another podcast. A little recap of that gold medal game. That rematch, can Team USA get the revenge against Rudy Gobert and Fournier and them uh, with France? So we'll do, a, we'll do a podcast. I guess we'll just go probably live around 10 a.m. Eastern like we normally do during the week. So subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube and you can join us on the weekend to talk about that game and any other maybe deals that happen in the next couple of days. Okay. And we're going to cover the bronze medal game, of course, right? Uh, mm, <laughs> yeah, I'm probably not watching I that. Agree. Yeah. I agree. Well, you never uh, know. You know what? I'm probably that not. That. Okay, I could <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm probably fine with that one as well. Let's just, uh, let's just do the gold medal, guys. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Gosh. This guy. Come on, mate. You still got a chance at the medal yeah. here. It'd be like... Uh, no, yeah. it, it, it'd be like if, if the Clippers and the... Uh, and the uh, God, who are the Bucks playing the conference for? <laughs> I've forgotten already. <laughs> oh, the Hawks. That's right. You were not the Kings. I know, I know, man. <laughs> It'd be like if the Clippers and the Hawks battled for uh, a seven-game series for third place. It'd be, you know, it's it's tough. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it'd be a little weird. That's <laughs> yeah. true. We yeah. should, they should do that. We got all those off nights like, yeah. between the finals. Like, oh, sure, let's, yeah. let's play them for One third. One game at least. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to play a whole series. Just yeah. play a third-place game. Yeah, I like that. It's you know, like uh, the old Gus Macker rules. They used to have a toilet bowl division, I remember. Like, if you lost your first couple games, you went over there and you could still, yeah. like, win a trophy. That It literally was a basketball man standing next to, like, a little crapper. I remember one. Like, there was a toilet. <laughs> I'm serious. Look this up. <laughs> I mean, I remember the Gus Macker logo basketball, yeah. man. I don't remember. I'm positive there was at one point. Like a toilet bowl uh, The toilet trophy. Yeah. Which is actually funnier. That's almost, awesome. You'd almost want it. We, we would throw our first couple of games so we could go have a chance at that one. <laughs> give me the crapper. Yeah, give me the crapper. Uh, all right. So that's the uh, semifinals there of Olympic men's basketball. Um, we will, again, on Saturday morning, uh, recap the gold medal game that happens Friday night on East Coast time between France and USA. Very, very excited for that. All right. We'll get to day three of NBA free agency, but let's take our first quick break. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
been doing a bunch of retirement planning stuff lately. So I've had documents flying in and out the mailbox. A lot of signatures, both analog and digital. A lot of phone calls, a lot of stamps. Got to get my long-term future straight. Yeah. Let me tell you, Skeets. The things we build our future around are the things worth protecting. Making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Watch your assets. With Trust and Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash nodunks for 10% off plus free document shipping. Trust and Will's website is simple to use and the process is straightforward. In no time, you'll have peace of mind that your assets and wishes are secure with easy access and control of your estate planning. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs, whether it be care wishes, nomination guardians, final arrangements, or power of attorney. It's easy to ensure your family and loved ones avoid lengthy, expensive legal proceedings or the state deciding what happens to your assets. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with trust and will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash nodunks. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash nodunks. All right, back with nodunks. Right before the break, we were talking about uh, the Gus Macker tournament, which was the old three-on-three basketball tournament. I guess in North America, I don't know if it was a worldwide thing, but I said, I think there was a toilet, toilet bowl trophy that if you <laughs> lost your first couple of games, you went into the toilet bowl side of things, the bracket, like the loser's bracket, but you could win something still in the end. Um, Trey, you said you found some, so it was a real thing. I wasn't making this up. There's a lot of them out there, yeah. Skeets. They haven't even stuck with one design for the entirety oh. of the toilet bowl. Here's the one I think you're referring yep, to. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, wow. Gus <laughs> <laughs> hanging next to a John. That's amazing. <laughs> Getting ready to go busy. I don't know. That's pretty funny. Just a golden toilet. And then here's the other one, which is just a toilet with <laughs> Gus, <laughs> a tiny toilet with Gus on the back. I also saw some that are like, uh, you know, like maybe acetate or something, kind of like see-through, yeah. sort of like our synopsis awards <laughs> uh, for anybody who would possibly understand that reference. But uh, yeah, a toilet trophy. I don't know which I would rather have, the one with the little toilet to the side or the just straight up... Single shitter. <laughs> uh, I like the one where Gus is like, I just dropped a massive load in there, and he's pretty happy. Like, mm, like I'm not even gonna put the the lid down. Uh, yeah, but Lee, Lee, do you have a favorite? Uh, probably the gold. I think a golden crap is pretty nice. We yeah. could even we could even brand it no dumps. What about That's that? That's not bad. All right, if we ever <laughs> do, point. yeah, a no dunks three on three tournament, we're bringing back the toilet bowl. Uh, bracket <laughs> and yeah no dumps I like that Lily. that's good okay well it was a real thing I didn't make it it's up a real thing uh, good to know okay let's uh, recap day three of NBA free agency uh, just a reminder if you haven't listened to us talk about day one and day two go back and listen to those podcasts did like a 90 minute show on day one when there was so much happening things slowed down a little bit but we still did an hour show yesterday so you can go back and listen to all of our reactions to a lot of these signings but the big one day three Tass was Spencer Dinwiddie Sign and trade. Going to the Wizards. Uh, there have been a lot of rumors about this, but it is official. It's part of a five-team deal, actually. And Didwitty is signing a three-year... I've seen between 60 and $62 million. So it's somewhere around there. I think Woj had 60. I think Shams had 62. But uh, yeah, what do you think uh, of Spencer Dinwiddie going to Washington? Spencer. Bet on himself. Uh, good for him. Yeah, he opted out of the last year of his contract to get three for 60 this is monstrous. And 
just to, to go back to on where this guy has come from, he was undrafted, and I remember I'm wearing the starter shirt here, and, and that's why I'm sort of reminded of the first couple years of Spencer Dinwiddie's career. He was, came out undrafted, played with the Pistons for two years, and sort of on the verge of leaving the league. Saw him at Summer League in the lineup <laughs> at Eggs Lut, uh, getting a sandwich. And uh, the old, I think the, the biggest moment for him in, in his early career was when he was on the starters on the bench in the background of a Detroit Pistons game where he was eating a protein bar. And we were discussing, oh, yeah. what is he mm-hmm. eating? What is it, a chocolate bar? Is it a protein bar? <laughs> and I think we settled on a protein bar, but we, we had to fill an hour on the starters back then. So anything made the show back then. Uh, but he was, he was just on the verge, on the cusp. He's sort of like Cameron Payne, and, and he's... Fought back like crazy. He's kind of three years on the cheap in Brooklyn. Then he signed for three for 39. And in the last year, opted out uh, to sign, yeah, three for 60-ish. And yep. will be Bradley Beal's backcourt made in Washington. And they have just as deep a team as they, or I, I should say, a deeper team than last year. I think just as good a team uh, as last year with Russell Westbrook. Because what they got back from Russell, when the Russell Westbrook trade is, is you know, makes them, uh, you know, a solid Team, you know, besides Beal and Dinwiddie, they've got better role players because they got Montrez Harrell and Caldwell Pope and Kyle Kuzma to go along with their their youngies and, and Rui and Gafford and, and Denny Avdia. Now this will be Beal's team, um, more so than it was last year with Russell Westbrook there. Obviously, Spencer will be off the ball uh, a little bit more. Um, and will he be able to be, you know, as great as he was a couple years ago? Uh, I, he's got a... He's, he's just got to get back to what he was a couple years ago. It's surprising to see that he's sort of a below-average three-point shooter in this league. It's surprising because Spencer Dinwiddie was a 20-point-per-game guy. But, um, you know, playing off the ball, he should be really, really good. So this team, uh, it's going to join the the glut of teams in like the 7, 8, 9, 10 range. They're going to be just as solid with uh, Dinwiddie out there as long as he can bounce back from injury, of course. Uh, yeah, I said I slipped it in there. This was like... To, to make it all work, this Dinwiddie move in the sign trade was a five-team deal in the end involving the Westbrook trade. The Wizards got Dinwiddie, KCP, Montrezl Harrell, Kuzma, Aaron Holiday, remember from the Pacers, and then the number 31 pick, Isaiah Todd. The Nets, for really just like doing the sign and trade, agreeing to that with Dinwiddie, they get the most favorable of a Grizzlies-Wizards 2024 second rounder, then a second rounder by way of a pick swap between the Warriors and the Wizards in 2025 down the line. And then 11.5 million trade exception. That's big. The Spurs are in this. You know, there's a favorable pick in there for 2022, a second rounder, but they get Chandler Hutchison. Lakers get Westbrook, of course. The least favorable of that Wizards Grizzlies 2024 second rounder. And then a future second rounder from Washington in 2028. And then the Pacers for, uh, for their troubles. Just creepy uh, in the corner. Ooh, kinky. Five-way. They're sort of involved, but not really. Um, they get a number 22 pick there in Isaiah Jackson. Wild stuff to, when you break it all down, you look at it. A lot of players involved, of course, and picks, and most favorable and least favorable, and blah, 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 blah. But back to the Wizards, Trey. How good is this team going to be with, you know, like what appears to be a pretty solid five? Dinwiddie, Beal, Hachimura. I would assume Gafford probably starts with Thomas Bryant injured, and then... Uh, I mean, KCP or Kuzma probably is the fifth guy, I think, there. But what do you think of this squad? 
Um, with Tass, I think that the team is not going to be a whole bunch better than they were last year. They'll probably still be in the fighting for the play-in tournament, so put them in the 7 to 11 range, but uh, still a pretty good job, I think, by the Wizards to turn John Wall on a tough contract into a fun year with Westbrook, and then Westbrook becomes Dinwiddie, Harrell, KCP, Kuzma, and Aaron Holiday. That's like a full starting lineup. And that's not the case for the Wizards last year. When they ran into their COVID problems early in the season, they were just playing replacement level players. So now they've got some real live depth here. Uh, like you're saying, Skeets, we don't even know who their starters are going to be. And coming into the season last year was pretty easy to pencil in a few of their names. So um, we'll see exactly how they fit. I actually think that Dinwiddie should play on the ball more than Beal should just because of the shooting. And I think Beal's a great off-ball player as well. And that'll really, obviously he thrived playing alongside Westbrook as well. So he can do both and it'll take a little bit uh, the burden off Beal, which uh, I think is going to help as well. We'll see if uh, Dinwiddie's able to bounce back from his injuries. But anytime he's had an actual big opportunity to, pr- to produce, he has produced. Mm-hmm. So Wizards got to be pretty happy to at least turn Westbrook and not a whole bunch of assets into a full team. So, well done, Tommy Shepard. My God, yeah. They flipped John Wall and Westbrook into a bunch of solid rotation players in the span of less than a year, which is pretty wild turnaround. Uh, They usually don't like to talk about the Wizards (laughs) because you just keep saying free Beal, free Beal, free Beal. Have you come around on, like, he's going to be there. He's he's very unlikely going to be moved here before, let's say, the trade deadline. I think he's going to be another year or two there. Well, yeah, I think, though, it's in the Wizards' best interest to see if they can cash in on him as well right now because uh, they don't want to get to the point where he may be uh, uh, coming towards the end of his contract and they don't have the same value. But this Wizards team right now on paper kind of reminds me of that Nets team before KD and Kyrie were there. Sort of those players, kind of misfits, guys who have bounced around a few teams, all on a team together, but they're veterans a little bit. So you know they're going to play hard at both ends of the floor, but there's just not enough talent there to really make you believe they can be anything better than seventh seed in the Eastern Conference and first-round fodder. So Tommy Shepard has done well, though, to uh, turn Wall and Westbrook into just some of those those vet guys. But uh, just, not, you know, I don't think anyone's really going to think they can uh, surge up the standings in the Eastern Conference. I don't think they got better than anyone in the top half. And, and a team that was in the lower half, like the Miami Heat, I don't think they got better than them either. So they should be at least a little better than they were last season, but just not enough for you to think that uh, they're on the way up yet. Yeah, but this Dinwiddie deal, I mean, he's getting paid, like yeah. you said, Tass, betting on himself. It's not crazy, though, no. for a guy at his level to get $20 million a year in today's game. Like, that's Lonzo obviously, Ball got of course, that. movable, you know, need be, and you're not like, oh, boy, we're, we're locked into this forever. Like, not at all. So I, I like the moves. I hear what you guys are saying. It's sort of like... They almost remind me of like a Pacers squad now, where it's like, oh, they got a lot of good guys. They have a really good team, like solid team, but uh, like what's their ceiling? Like it feels like a, a fourth or fifth seed. That would be their ultimate ceiling. And it's like, can you even see them winning a first round? Uh, probably not, unless there's an injury to the other team. But they're, they're, they're sort of, uh, usually their goal in that organization is like, let's make the playoffs. Let's get in there and uh, let's at least compete sort of like Indiana if you think about it like that sort of like the type of vibe that they go for and not like a complete tear down and rebuild but you're right Lee they could could cash in on Beal if they want to maybe it's a slow start or something like that there's a high demand for them and it's like they try and get the boatload of picks and really really lean into a rebuild but I think they're going to give it a go with Wes Unseld Jr. there as their new coach and it's like maybe they surprise people early on and they're actually in the mix 
Uh, let me next... just jump in. I yeah. made a mistake, and I said Spencer Dinwiddie was undrafted. He was a second-round pick. What a, okay. what a boner catch, of a move that was by me. Um, also wanted to jump in with this crazy stat, that Zach Levine, going back to USA Basketball, won four games in a row now. That's the longest of his career since college. It, I saw this is... going around. That is unbelievable. Yeah, he's been he's in the league for seven years. He's never won four games years. in a row? He's yeah, played he, for terrible teams. No, but four? Not he that was the first amazing. year with the Bulls. They went on a six, his first year with the Bulls, uh, which was uh, his you know, fourth year in the league. They went on a six or seven game win streak, but he was injured. Oh, uh, so that, wow. that, that ixnays it. But okay. uh, yeah, he's been in the league seven years, played with the Wolves for three years, and then the Bulls for four. Yeah, never been a part of four straight wins since UCLA. That's amazing. That's Until awesome. next season. That's astonishing. Yeah, I would hope so. Yeah, if they don't win four straight games next year with this new uh, squad, then things are really going rough. Uh, other news here, Danny Green signing with the 76ers. Two-year deal, $20 million. Uh, Lily, no, Trey, let's go to you first. <laughs> I mean, who cares? It's Danny Green signing up the Sixers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm sure me and Lee got the same take. Who's going to complain about a Danny Green deal here? Right. Two years, $20 million, $10 million a year for a quality starter. Totally worth it. Exact kind of player that the Sixers are going to want to put around Joel Embiid and whatever they happen to get for Ben Simmons if they do move on from Ben Simmons. I also think Danny Green is kind of like a perfect Sixer because when he looks bad, he looks just brutal to the point that it almost overshadows the fact that he's good for the entirety of the season. It's like he shot 40% from three last season, but you know, you're more likely to remember Danny green going like two for 25 over the course of six games. than you are for him shooting 40% for a whole year. If you saw Daryl Morey's tweet last night, you already know the Sixers had the best starting lineup in the league last season when healthy. I don't know if that implies he wants to run it back with Simo, but the Sixers were up 2-1 on the Hawks when Danny Green went out with his calf injury. We don't know what the Sixers are going to look like on opening night, but Danny Green is going to be able to help regardless of if Simmons is there or not. Yeah, Lee, you were all excited about Furkan Korkmaz coming back there with his deal, Philly. Now we got Danny Green. They're replacing, of course, uh, their bigs there and Dwight Howard and Mike Scott with um, Andre Drummond yeah. and George Niang. But what do you think of the Danny Green move here? Yeah, he's a good veteran regular season player. He uh, wasn't good against the Hawks before he got injured. I mean, that first game, remember, he was chasing around Trey Young and he was getting absolutely smoked. But you know that Danny Green, because of his finals experience and his playoff experience, at the end of the game, if you need someone to make a shot, he's good to have out on the floor because he has hit some big threes throughout his career. So uh, that's a fair deal for a guy at his at this stage of his career, $10 million a year for a couple of years just to shoot some threes play some defense during the regular season, he should be fine. He's, he's, he's a good guy, too. He's a good guy to have in the locker room, I think. I remember talking to him at the finals. He's a nice fellow, old Danny Green. Did you ever so, see uh, him in line waiting for a breakfast sandwich anywhere? <laughs> no, 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 okay. no, no. You, you were with me when we saw Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah, I was. Right, I Lee? knew you were going to bring that story up, too. <laughs> I just knew it. <laughs> yeah, he was waiting. He had to wait just like the rest of us. Well, that's what I was going to say. That eggs line. It's a loot as you've got a bit of time on your hands when you're waiting for eggs loot it's worth it but uh you're always Pretty waiting good. at least 45 minutes for your food there so uh <laughs> you know you can spot but you spotted him i didn't even know it was him you were like that's him that's uh, spencer dinwiddie he was like yeah yeah wonderful <laughs> wonderful ever talk what? about him please drop a cool story for like this one yep that's uh, yeah. Great uh, stuff. Uh, tass anything to add to this 
I do find it interesting that uh, this Philadelphia 76ers team was the number one seed and everybody's not talking about them whatsoever just because they have the Ben Simmons thing hanging yeah. over their heads. But yeah. everybody putting them in the tier two behind Milwaukee, Brooklyn, uh, pretty emphatically, just just not even throwing them, uh, throwing them a bone. They were the one seed. They are very good. And, and Danny Green will help out. Uh, I... I did go to Daniel Richard Green Jr.'s basketball reference page, and I uh, saw his nickname is Icy Hot, <laughs> which, first, whatever, what kind of, why would he be nicknamed Icy Hot? But with the way he runs, with the way he runs with that stiff back, yeah. maybe, maybe <laughs> that's why his nickname is Icy Hot. So it's kind of fitting if, well, if that's also it. Also, what Trey said, he's like, the guy like will hit 10 straight threes, hot, and then we'll go, you know, good point. two for 20, Icy. That's probably why. <laughs> Could call him Hot Icy, I guess, but it doesn't work as well. <laughs> Uh, Danny Green though does have one of the most um, like recognizable gates in the NBA. Oh, yeah. Like if you see him run, he's got like as he almost like has wings a little bit yeah. when he's going. Yeah. Like his hands and elbows both point backwards. Yeah, he's yeah. very yeah. That's <laughs> an old man. Cool right? story, bro. If you want. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, some other little minor deals here. Let's slip this one in. Victor Oladipo agreeing to stay with the Heat, one year minimum deal. Um, Tass. We'll go to you first on this one. What was your reaction to the Oladipo news? Ah, it just pains me that Victor Oladipo is now signing for the minimum after, you know, being an all-star in this league. It mm-hmm. wasn't that long ago, uh, but then uh, in that 18-19 season where he was an all-star, went down with that quadriceps tendon injury, a, a rare injury, and, and it took him a year to recover from it. And then he was part of the four-way deal where he went to Houston and I was chucking it up in Houston, but wasn't looking like himself. So then he got moved along uh, for a smaller package to the Miami Heat at the trade deadline because you know he had diminished. So the trade package going back was Kelly Olenek and uh, Avery Bradley and a pick. And uh, now after the Heat took that chance, what, it was six months ago where they took that chance. Now they're just taking this one last flyer to me. I, I, I say it like I say it that way and it, it pains me to say it, but it just feels like Victor Oladipo who went under the knife again just a few months ago mm-hmm. with that same area of an injury in the in the in the quad tendon uh, area is uh, a little scary. You know, I, I just think that um, this is probably his last, you know, real shot at being a, a great player here because uh, it's the same injury over and over again and he just hasn't looked the exact same. Uh, you know, we, we thought, obviously, you take a flyer on him. Um, mm-hmm. But but at the same time, uh, you know, he, he's a guy who likes the ball in his hands. I just wonder how that's all it's all going to fit. Hopefully, uh, hopefully he just gets healthier. Anyways, that's that's really what it comes down to. He's such a great player. Were you surprised at all with this, Trey? Uh, I'm not surprised that he got a veteran minimum deal. He wasn't very good in Miami. And at this point, if the Heat get anything out of Victor Oladipo, that's going to be a win for them to get a contributor on the veteran minimum for a team that's got a huge salary cap. That's going to be nice. Oladipo, though, turned down a two-year, $45 million deal in February from the Rockets. Rockets. Probably should have took it. Lee. You agree with that? <laughs> He's 29 years old, so he could still hang around in the league. But yeah. it's hard It's hard to see how he's going to recoup that money that he could have signed for in Houston, really, because uh, I think he's just going to sort of bounce around. Now, if he gets himself fully healthy, as uh, Tass said there, this is like, for Miami, this is a complete bonus to have yeah. a guy like that on your roster. But uh, we haven't seen that. We didn't see any real even glimpses of that down there. So... 
it's it's you're sort of trying to you know picture it and, and hope that he can get to that level but um Maybe he can't. Maybe that injury is just sort of too debilitating and he won't be able to be that scorer. He's a good defender as well. So he's got lots of still sort of time and potential there. But uh, there obviously wasn't really much of a market for him either. If you're going to rehab, though, I can think of uh, worse places than Miami to do it. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, you know, especially not not just the location, of course, the city and stuff like that, but uh, the, the team they have there and the crew they have to try and bring it back uh, makes some sense. So, yeah, wishing him the best and... Yeah, maybe he proves himself, and maybe he's got one more big payday left in him. It's possible, but I think uh, it's a little unlikely because just what we saw before the injury or the second injury or the re-aggravating of the injury. Uh, other news here, I'm just going to throw them all at you, Lili. Uh, you can go wherever you want. Julius Randle has agreed to a four-year, $117 million contract extension with the Knicks. That happened this morning. The Warriors traded Eric Paschal to the Jazz for future second-round pick. Magic and Mo Wagner agreed to a two-year deal. That's right. We got two Wagners in Orlando. He's going to stay there, play with his brother, brother who was drafted eighth overall. And the Celtics agreed to a one-year deal with uh, Cantor, who keeps going back and forth between the uh, Blazers and the Celtics. He's back in Boston. So what do you want to touch on there, Lily? Uh, let's talk Mo Wagner. Don't we all want to talk about Mo Wagner for a while here? No, of course not. Uh, Julius Randle. Well done. Four years and $117 million extension. I think that's pretty good value for him, and I think it's pretty good value for the New York Knicks. It's not a contract that's like uh, going to hamstring them at any point down the road. And Julius Randle earned that contract this season. He was uh, a fantastic player, All-NBA, All-Star, uh, did a great job. Obviously, the playoffs didn't go all that well for him, so I think that's pretty fair value for him. Uh, he's got one year left on his deal, so right now he's basically got a five-year deal worth around $140 million. I think that's pretty good for a guy who, uh, you know, he, he didn't work out in Los Angeles. He went to New Orleans and had a fairly cheap contract there, gets to the Knicks and really plays well. He was loved in New York this season. And, uh, you know, I think that's a, a pretty good deal for everyone involved. Tess, want to touch on any of these that I just threw out there? I didn't know that uh, Eric Pascal was uh, childhood friends with Donovan Mitchell. So now they're going to be a buddy-buddy there. Yeah, that's pretty uh, cool. In Utah, yeah. Well, they go way back. And, uh, you know, Lee, you don't want to talk about Mo Wagner, but I think we're going to talk about Mo Wagner next year. I think he's got some game in those hands. I think uh, I think he's going to get better. I know he's he's always been a bit of a grinder, but I think he's... Yeah, I think he's got a little finesse. Uh, yeah, I think Magic we'll fans hope that we're not ta- talking about Mo Wagner, though, because that means then, what, Isaac's probably not back and playing full health and a couple of their other young guys that are their bigs, and then their brother, hopefully we're talking about the other Wagner, right? I- I'm just saying they don't want us to talk about Mo Wagner all that much. <laughs> He's probably a completely fine backup. He's there, let's be honest, because his brother is there, I assume, too, to help the transition and all that. Well, but, he was there last year. and well, then I know. Played. Did we and talk about he- him then? No. No, we didn't. Uh, but I th- yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. He was part of the huge Bulls trade. I thought he was going to be a Chicago Bull. We had him on the starters once upon a time. That's why Task put on the shirt, because Mo Wagner was on the starters. There's oh. a chance he could be the best Mo on the team and the best Wagner on the team. <laughs> what game did crazy. we? What game did we play with him on the starters? Anyone Give remember? Give me some Mo. Uh, wow, was uh, it? I we had him talk trash. I remember he, like, he dunked on me, and they said, who do you think you are with that beard, James Harden? Oh, that was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. remember the game we played at all. CSB, I thought CSB. something... Yeah, uh, give me some Mo. Oh. M-O-E we went with. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that's how he, how he spells, I guess. Oh, is that how he spells his name? I, I thought it was just is. an M.O. No, I, I think it is an M.O. just an M.O., yeah. Uh, all right. But then, <laughs> but then so on Facebook, things, right? we wrote Mo Wagner, M.O. Wagner plays Give Me Some Mo. Oh, then we screwed up. Yeah. Crazy. It's M.O.E. Sorry about Which is weird because there's no E in it. Yeah. It's more more it's. Give me, give me a CSB. Give me a cool story, bros. JD, <laughs> what are you waiting so for? so many in this show. It's uh, sort of unbelievable. Uh, we actually still have Lee singing uh, a spicy <laughs> version of Jack and Diane. And we got JD with Tweet of the Night. But let's take one more break before we get to that. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Placing a trade shouldn't be complicated. It should be smooth as butter. The Fidelity app makes investing easy with zero commission U.S. stock and ETF trades, no account minimums, and fractional shares trading. Fidelity, where nothing comes between you and the trade. That's smooth. Download our app free from the App Store or Google Play. Sell orders are subject to an activity assessment fee from one cent to three cents per one thousand dollars of principal. No account minimums apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Fidelity Brokerage Services LLC, member NYSE SIPC. Okay, let's get to tweet of the night. Mm, tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. Yes, uh, tweet of the night. Um, you guys know we have. The, the best fans in the game in the podcast game and uh, we've got uh, many times uh, we'll talk about memes and stuff or we'll talk about stuff on the show that people will make into memes and, and one guy in particular that does a lot of uh, graphic stuff he'll send in just random stuff is uh, Stefan Vasilev and mm-hmm. uh, let me take you back to May of 2020 so over a year ago Stefan uh tweeted this uh someone said hey you should try rock band unis and i was hooked so coming in first i bring you the minnesota pearls naming logo uni by yours truly thank you blah 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 and uh you know they're they're prince inspired minnesota um Mm. uh uniforms and they're actually pretty cool i mean I, I went back and looked at this tweet, and I was like, oh, I liked this tweet. So, uh, hey. <laughs> You say that it, like it's a that rare is nice. thing. Is it, J.D.? You don't well, like tweets? Uh, it's, sometimes. Well, I'm rarely on Twitter. Only when I'm uh, looking for stuff for Twitter of the Night. So, uh, <laughs> so I thought these were pretty That's cool. That's cool. I like the look. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, the uh, Minnesota's famous, most famous, uh, slightly overrated uh, musician <laughs> from uh, Minnesota. Help yourself, eh? you I can't help it. I have to. I have, have to say that Prince is overrated now. Like well, crazy I didn't say over. I said slightly oh, overrated. Slight, yeah. I love Prince. Don't get me wrong. He's a Just legend. A, He's a, a little legend. bit. I like to bring people down a notch, no matter who they are. Mother Teresa. Uh, Don't get me started. Don't get me started. There's actually a great podcast right now about Mother Teresa. But anyways, uh, last week, he he, uh, finally, finally came out with uh, this new T-shirt design, and he's actually selling them at his shop. You got teed. So you can get the Minnesota Pearls. Okay. T-shirt. I, I like this a lot. I think I'm going to get one. Okay. And uh, he does other bands in other cities. Like uh, he does the Los Angeles Sandman with the mm. Metallica oh, nice. logo. I don't oh, mind that damn. one. Oh, damn. 
And then we got uh, the Seattle Experience, oh, yeah. Jimi Hendrix inspired. So uh, I like that one too. But and he's got a he's got a couple more on the sites you can check out. But you know me, guys, I'm a real commit to the bit cut type of person. So Stefan, you got your work cut out for you, man, because there's uh, he's done four, I think. So he's got 26 more to go. Oh. And, uh, you know, some of them are gimmies, you know, Indiana, Jackson 5, right? Like, they're nice. from Jackson 5 and five people on a basketball team. I mean, that's a no-brainer. Perfect. Atlanta is an embarrassment of riches, you know. Yep. You got Outcast, TLC, and blah, blah, blah. And the list goes on. Chicago, I would like him. I would like to see a sh- Chicago Chicago's because that's an iconic band yeah. logo. Yeah. Totally, you know? yeah. Uh, uh, Houston, ZZ Top, very iconic. Right, the their logo is iconic. Long beards. I had no idea they were from Houston. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. they are. I had no clue. But then, but then you then you struggle. They're struggling. Like San Antonio, the first band that came up, and I just Googled from San Antonio was the Butthole Surfer. Good luck with that one, <laughs> oh, man. <wow. laughs> I mean, <laughs> Utah is another one. It's like I was, I was like, I don't know any. I got to the Osmonds before I recognized any of them. Like, <laughs> so, that's perfect, actually. That's pretty good. That's, yeah. That is good, but uh, I don't know what he's gonna do. I can't Technicolor wait. Technicolor dream coats, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. I forgot that. What he about was, Toronto, he JD? Okay, well, you know, I, here's a request, Stefan. Don't do Drake. Mm. It's already been done. Like, right. uh, there's already Raptors Drake stuff. It's a it's a great question. I don't know. I like platinum blonde. That'd be cool. <laughs> Just do a BNL. Yeah, where did that? Are they from yeah. Toronto? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Just do a BNL. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good, good call, Tassie. Good call. Anyway, shout out to Stefan. Yeah. All right. Shout out to everybody who sends us these designs and uh, and stuff. Um, you got teed. Is that what it was? You got teed.com, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, this is uh, the perfect uh, segue here. Really talking rock band inspired uniforms. Into Lee Ellis paying off his bet with TK. Uh, we had a, we had a line. I made it up. It was eight and a half. It didn't matter in the end. Uh, Team USA handedly covers all of the lines set, and Lee, as a result, has to sing a little Jack and Diane, which was TK's request. And he <laughs> says he's made it extra spicy. He's he, he looks sort of nervous, <laughs> if I'm being honest, uh, but. Here we go. How about it, man? All right, all right, all right. Just give me a minute here. Just give me a minute. <laughs> Little ditty about Jack and Diane. Two American kids growing up in the heartland. Jack gonna be a football star. Diane's debutante backseat of Jackie's car. Do, 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 do. Sucking on a chili dog. 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 Saying, oh yeah, life goes on. Long after the thrill of living is gone. Saying, oh yeah, life goes on. Only when you're sucking on a chili dog. Well done. So good. 
good. I, I kind of fused a little bit of 80s rock with a bit of modern... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> modern meme. Modern meme, TikTok-y type of stuff. Yeah, you know, fits. You do a yeah. pretty good melon camp, if I'm yeah. being honest. That was the best you've ever sang on yeah. this. Oh, well, you it's know, look... Yeah, I've been a big, I've been a fan since his old John Cougar Mellencamp. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that's about his John Cougar days. Yeah, well, oh, he was just, that's right. He was that's John right. Cougar, wasn't he? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And then he was uh, John Cougar Mellencamp. And then he just John dropped the John Honeydew Cougar. Camp at one yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, from, uh, okay. uh, he's from Indiana, I think, Johnny. Yes. Uh, Johnny Mellencamp. Oh, yeah. Make the t-shirt. So, Let's get, get on. on it, Stefan. Indiana <laughs> Chili Dogs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right it's good stuff Lily. uh fantastic uh and you reminded me by the way you singing that paying off your little bet there with tk from uh, the team usa australian game i do owe some uh pick and payoffs mm-hmm. summer content so don't worry we haven't forgotten i gotta pay off a couple of those uh great stuff we'll call it there like i said we're back on saturday morning to recap the gold medal game which is on super late on friday night here eastern time in the states so you can join us at 10 a.m. Eastern live on YouTube. That'll be fun. Keep sending in your questions. No dunks at theathletic.com for our next Beach Step and Podcast. Grab yourself an athletic subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks. Hit up nodunks.com for your no dunks merch. Also support Stefan. But help your boys out too. Go to nodunks.com. And, and, and finally, keep pushing it back because so much keeps happening in free agency. But tomorrow, it is the debut, the premiere episode of Fast Friends where TK, JD, and myself start watching every movie from the fast and furious franchise so episode one goes up tomorrow what's the plan on posting that uh jd around the same time we do the normal show a uh, maybe a little earlier maybe okay. around 10 ish 10 10 a.m you'll get it i mean a yeah, little so. earlier well, it's the exact same time we're supposed to do it we show. usually yeah, start but... at 10 03 <laughs> right right a little earlier well okay. people don't usually get the podcast until oh uh, good point, 12 good point. Or it'll one, be in your so. podcast feed a little yes. quicker than normal than the daily show okay so that's great fast friends uh if you want to you got tonight to start watching the series uh the rewatch if uh you've already seen some we talk uh we talk about the movie in great detail uh i've never seen it any of them so that's why we're doing this so it's a lot of fun i got a lot of questions where's this whole thing going uh trey's the expert jd's along for the ride it's a lot of fun i think you guys will really enjoy it fast friends tomorrow back on saturday that's enough clipper bros you heard it here first have a great time turn up love you guys awesome thanks for joining us and remember here's a little ditty about Cow San <laughs> <laughs> It's a great restaurant in Toronto. <laughs> and a really long street in Thailand, but that doesn't oh, rhyme. <laughs> embrace the day, people. You could stay ooh, every day And I'd be happy every minute As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. 
Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.